Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to this week's Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Thank you for downloading from our website at techcentral.ie using your favourite podcast app on your smartphone or indeed listening to us on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is a show for the week ending Friday the 25th of September. It's starting to get a bit chilly in the air already, isn't it, Niall? Oh, it's in fairness, it's not too bad today. I think we're getting a, a little bit of an Indian summer before uh, the season reminds us exactly where we are exactly. and we start wearing big coats. Again. I had I had, I had a, a terrific weather forecast the uh, the other day, and it was like not as warm as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? You've summed it up. Now, Kitson, I'm chatting to at uh, Tech Central HQ, the beating heart of tech here in Ireland. Uh, plenty going on this week. Uh, Facebook made uh, lots of little, 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 little stories about Facebook. We've got the big Volkswagen scandal to talk about. Uh, more super fast fibre uh, being connected to uh, towns around Ireland. Something on cybernetics as well. But I suppose everybody's moaning the fact that Web Summit is going to be leaving Ireland and will be hosted in Portugal next Next year, Web Summit, of course, was a thing that started. What was it? Five years ago or something? Yeah, five years ago, started in a in a, a flash in Ranala, basically, and it has grown to be one of the biggest tech shows on the planet. Uh, but uh, okay, some some basic stats about the Web Summit. Um, last year, it brought in uh, twenty two thousand attendees. Um, it had all the major news outlets around the world. It uh, also had no Wi Fi. And <laughs> you just you can't let it go, can you? All right, no, they had no, a problem. Okay. They fixed it now. They did fix there, it. There remember? were two big things that happened during the web summit last year that whether they impacted on the eventual decision to move the web summit from Dublin to Lisbon. Okay, fair enough. But at the time, the optics were appalling. First one um, was the water situation in the city. Do you remember there there were there were water problems? Uh I, I don't think I was around for the uh, for the conference so I don't remember the the, right. the water problems. There were there were water problems in Dublin city centre. Restaurants and hotels were trying to operate without running water. Yes, 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 yes. I remember reading about it. Yes, one. You know, fiercely embarrassing. You know, of all the weekends, you know, you've got an event coming into town that's worth 100 million euro to the local economy. Massive money. Absolutely massive money. And there's no running water. Or like, could Wi-Fi. you imagine being being a business owner, just going, ha ha, meal ticket time, and just seeing all that business just walk by? I mean, that's that is horrific, and that's on the city, right? The issues with the Wi-Fi. Now, it's the web summit. <laughs> Everyone, you have to treat that event as if everybody has, we'll say, three internet connected devices each. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Do you think that's unreasonable? Oh, I've said, yeah, a no. laptop and a phone. Anything tech-related with with uh, that summit should have a backup for the backup for the backup, essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this is this is a summit that thrives on technology. If you, if you show that you don't have the backbone mm. to run a technology event... Who's to treat you seriously? I mean, it'd so, be like it'd be like like not having Wi-Fi. That would be like not having water. Uh oh. 
<laughs> yep. Uh oh. Um, there was also issues with the venue as well, in that the food summits, uh, which was basically the canteen, if you want to be picky about it, but the uh, food summits where the very nice food was being served to everyone who had bought a ticket, um, was 25 minute walk away from the, the main hall. So, you know, all these little sort of logistical things, when you put them all together, it's like, you know what? We've got 20,000 visitors this year. We want to bring in maybe across all our events, maybe 50,000 visitors next year, which is a figure that I've heard bandied about. The RDS just isn't going to cut it. Where else in Ireland is there of that scale, that sort of plug and play, ready to go? There isn't that kind of venue. Um, Lisbon, it's been sort of an open secret that Lisbon had been courting the Web Summit for quite a while. Um, word now is that there was 1.3 million in, you know, subsidies and whatnot offered to bring the show over um, to this wonderfully purpose-built, well, not quite purpose-built, but a proper convention center with really good infrastructure around it. If you wanted to put together, you know, a state-of-the-art event, here you go. Turnkey, show up, put on your event. Everybody's happy. Everybody gets what they well, want. you know, I'm I'm glad that I uh, we had this chat today because everybody is kind of in the news the last couple of days going, oh, it's terrible that Web Summit is gone and it's such a blow to the economy and da 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 da. And like the minute I saw the headline Web Summit to move to Lisbon, my immediate thought was fair play, excellent. That's what they need. They need to grow. They need bigger places. You know, kind of just Dublin's too small. That was my immediate thought. Now listening to you kind of talking about the problems, which you know, reminding us all that they had last year, it's only proving what I was going to say. And that is Dublin's just, I mean, it's a good, it's a good fair size city and we have good fair size facilities, but it certainly ain't the biggest in the world. And Web Summit is growing to be one of the biggest tech summits in the world. And it needs a city that can handle it. It needs a Lisbon. It needs a Barcelona. Uh, it needs a Frankfurt or a Munich or an Amsterdam. I mean, it's funny. Anybody who goes to the, 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 the tech conferences and the tech shows and stuff like that in Amsterdam, they're always bowled over because they go into the first hall and the first hall is the size of the RDS, and yeah. that's just the first hall. Yeah, yeah. And that's the scale that Dublin is competing against. And when you think about it, how many venues in, Dub- in, du- in Dublin, how many developers in Dublin would be interested in pushing together a venue of that size, of that scale? It wouldn't pay. It wouldn't pay Dublin to have that kind of facility. No, uh, you know, we have, we have some great advantages in this country when it comes to tech. Uh, one of them being, you know, data centers because the weather is so, um, consistent, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, yeah. it's very good for the air conditioning. Uh, it's very good because we're, we are on the edge of Europe where it's a mostly English speaking country. There's good arrangements with, with, with the USA and stuff like that. But the disadvantages is, you know, we are an island. We are this little rock, you know, kind of on, on, on the precipice of the Atlantic Ocean, friends. You know, we're not very easy to get to. The only way, if you want to escape off this rain sodden rock, as you can see, I love my country, is to fly out of here. You know? Well, well, yeah, yeah. You kind of, and fair play to the Web Summit, you know? Mm. I mean, they, they have successfully flown the nest. Yeah, and I actually think that's why when I saw, when I saw the headline, I went, bravo, well done, Web Summit. Number one, they started that thing off in Ireland. They made a massive success of it in Ireland, and now they're taking it worldwide. So I think we're both saying, bravo, Web Summit. Well done. Yeah, yeah, well done. Listen, speaking of uh, Europe, 
and our place within it. Uh, we're making headlines again with uh, Facebook and Safe Harbour and European law, and, and it's all centred in Ireland. Tell me the story. Yeah, well, a, a very interesting decision has come down from um, the Advocate General of the Court of Justice of the European Union. And this is this is a case that... In some respects, it was an Irish solution to an international problem. Okay, so hear me out on this. Um, Facebook, as we all know, is a massive processor of pretty much all our personal data. Let's let's face it. Uh, anything reasonable or interesting that we have to share about ourselves, chances are we've mentioned it in passing on Facebook. Facebook go, oh, that's kind of interesting. Maybe they would be interested in buying a product related to this thing they have just shared, etc., etc. So Facebook stores massive amounts of our personal data uh, on servers in Ireland, in the States, in the States where the government tends to go, oh, that data is over here, is it? Well, let's have a look at everything that's going on. And uh, in Europe, we have an agreement with America called the Safe Harbor Agreement. And it basically says, okay, we, we are... In Europe, we have these general norms that govern how we access data. You know, we, we generally respect the privacy of the individual. Um, we're assuming that as a similarly civilized nation, America, you operate by pretty much the same rules we do, and we can just kind of trust you to do that. And America said, yeah, sure, of course. We're not uh, checking out your information wholesale or anything like that at all, ever. <laughs> and, of course, we know that, that they were. So this brought uh, an Austrian student called Max, Max Schrems, who uh, took Facebook to court to find out um, uh, what, uh, what Facebook is holding on people and um, to get them to comply to European standards. Um, Facebook, under Irish law, because they fall under Irish data protection law, because uh, Facebook's European base is in Ireland, uh, and that's part of the, the EU situation, is that if you set up in country X, you are subject to their data retention laws. So Max Schrems went to Facebook and said, under Irish law, I am required to find out what you have on me. Um, show it. And he ended up getting this telephone directory size thing. And he says, well, a lot of this stuff is material that I actually thought I deleted, but you're still holding on to. What's, what's up with that? Uh, and Facebook, I've been quite and how they deal with it. And so uh, Shrem said, okay, right, this is going to court. We need to stand up for European citizens' rights in terms of how their data is processed, hmm. the data that they give up to social networks and think that they're getting rid of from social networks. Uh, went to court in Ireland. Uh, the court in Ireland went, yeah, uh, maybe we should get some information or guidance from Europe about this. So they basically... The case got bounced from Europe to Ireland to Austria, where it sort of fell down, uh, back to Ireland. And now a ruling has come from the Advocate General, from the Court of Justice, whose decision isn't binding, but is usually followed by other other courts in Europe, kind of as a best practice, if you will. And um, Advocate General Eve Butt said, yeah, you really can't trust Facebook to abide by the same rules um, as, or to abide by the best practices we expect of them. <laughs> Just because they said they're doing it doesn't mean they're actually doing it. 
I love that. I love that. After all that and all those years and all those court cases and everything, the result is Facebook can't be trusted. Now, there's news. And it's not Facebook's <laughs> fault. I mean, Facebook are doing whatever they're doing. And it's, you know, you can, be, you can pick on Facebook because it's an easy target. It's got a billion users worldwide. People don't know how to use it properly. They're not using lists. They're not checking their privacy settings. It doesn't matter how easy Facebook makes it to do these things. You just have to assume that people are dumb enough not to actually bother uh, using them. You know, you kind of have to protect people from themselves a lot of the time. Uh, And Facebook, they can only do so much and maintain their sort of their commercial model as it is and stay on the wrong side, stay on the right side of uh, the U.S. government. So I do have some sympathy with their um, with their situation, but I do not have sympathy with the way somebody's personal information is harvested and used, especially if they think they've de- de- deleted that information mm. in the first place. I think that's fair to say. Well, I think yeah, I think you're being uh, a little bit too kind um, because we've seen uh, what Facebook has done in the past uh, and I would say that they're not trustworthy. Uh, that's my personal opinion uh, and I certainly wouldn't trust uh, Facebook with any of my information. You say that uh, Facebook make it as easy as possible for, for uh, people to, to stay as private as possible yet all of the defaults are naturally uh, to make things public and for them to share things because that's how Facebook works and if it doesn't work then they don't have a commercial model so they set it up there kind of a way there's also an interesting story in the news uh, this week which I absolutely totally believe because I believe it has happened to me I can't prove it but I believe it's happened to me uh, where you advertise on YouTube and possibly you can get stung with them uh, being charged for video views by robots Oh, oh, and right. Okay. And stuff like that. Like, you know, I, and it's, I'm only saying that from experience I had with advertising where, you know, kind of I was expecting ABC to happen and I got, you know, XYZ. Now, that could have been a result of robots. It could have been a result of I set it up the wrong way. I don't know. But how and ever I was out of pocket. Or it could have been a, a click farm in a foreign country with somebody it, staring at a computer which, all day. Just going, whichever. But the question is, who's doing the click farming? <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't think you, YouTube would be doing the click farming. Uh, I'd be really surprised at that. Um, But I think other people out there are probably doing click farming and clicking on their own whatever for their own ends. And I just kind of got caught up in that or whatever, like, you know. But I would say, no, uh, uh, all of these, all of these um, large corporations, particularly when you get into corporations, once you get into a corporation stance with any company, you're beyond having any kind of a, a personal relationship with your customer. That's not what the courts in the States would say. Well, that's Corporate personhood and all that. Never mind the courts in the state. Think about your bank. Do you have, or does anybody listening to this podcast have a personal relationship with their bank? Oh, God, no. Exactly. And that is an important local part of our life. And they distinctly go out of their way to make sure that personal relationships aren't fostered or encouraged by moving staff around all the time. Uh, it would be the same with, I find... Uh, uh, UPC, which is now going to become Virgin Media, uh, which was what before that NTL or something like that. NTL, yeah. The bigger these corporations get, the 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 less the friendliness gets, if you like, with UPC. I find exactly the same thing with Vodafone. The bigger that company is growing, the less that the people in the call center are able to do because they're all reliant on the computer system. So, you know, um, uh, that that is a very interesting point you're you're raising about um, the nature of corporations because we have another story this week which speaks to that, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say. Um, 
I'm not a motorist, so you know I am enraged by anything motorists do. But you, you own a car, you drive one. <laughs> tell, tell me, what do you think about this Volkswagen story? I t- okay, so I drive a car, but I don't really care about cars. I don't have a passion for them. I don't really drive that much. Uh, however, for a corporation to be absolutely lying through its teeth, which is the impression I get from the news stories, uh, because the news, the way it's been presented to me, has been Volkswagen have said that their engine will do this, this and this. Uh, but that's only because they've written the software in the computer in the car <laughs> to make it look that way. But the reality is different. That's the story yeah, so, as I understand it. Yeah, so basically the story is that Volkswagen had developed what what has been referred to as a defeat device mm. to uh, deal with emissions tests. So yeah. you, you rock up to your testing center with your car, and uh, it's part of your NCT, isn't it? That, it? that it just checks how efficient your engine is and uh, checks the emissions on it, and you're within a, within a certain range, and it's like, yep, fine, your car is good. Or, you know, no, your car is spewing out far too much nonsense. You've got mm. to go get this fixed. Um, it turns out that Volkswagen cars have been emitting up to 40 times, 40 times the amount of harmful emissions that it is legally able to do because they have had these filters in place that work one way when you're driving down the road uh, and another way completely when your car is being tested. And that is, is, have they come out and said that this is, I mean, Volkswagen just seem to be putting their hands in the air and going, we apologize. That shouldn't have happened. I'm the CEO. Uh, I'm, I'm disgraced. Uh, I'm, I'm going to resign. Um, but we want to start uh, off afresh. That seems to be what I'm hearing from Volkswagen. Yeah, kind of. I mean, this only came out because the, uh, the United States Environmental Protection Agency uh, started doing mm. a, a study on Volkswagen and when a U.S. regulator gets involved, I mean, you're you're in trouble. I mean, we've seen it with FIFA. FIFA, <laughs> <laughs> you 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 get legal in America, you are going to lose. <laughs> so, um, you know, the EPA just showed up and went, "No, your cars are not doing what they should be doing. You've actually created a way to cheat." You know, the, yeah, the, the best that, way it definitely, to come up with. It definitely sounds like there's a deliberate deception going on, and that that's a very serious issue. Yeah, uh, and, you know, the um, CEO, uh, who was a professor doctor, or a doctor professor, whichever way, way you want to uh, mm. order it, uh, Martin Vinterkorn, um, basically came up and said, whoa, this, this is terrible. Not my fault, but terrible. By the way, I resign. Yeah. Well, you know what? Anybody who's head of the ship, they, they should resign or they should certainly offer the resignation anyway. Uh, personally, I think he should stick around until all that is sorted because he's basically just pulled, a, pulled out the, the uh, safety hatch. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's, it's like um, your man when, when BP, um, when the Deepwater Horizon stuff was going on, his famous line, uh, I want my life back. Ah. Uh, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah. Really? Well, I'll tell you, oh, you know what's going on, and now you want to resign. It's, it sounds like, you know, kind of, uh, uh, this is the uh, Corporations Are Evil weekly podcast, uh, which we don't really <laughs> want to do. Uh, but let's get, let's get back to tech. Another story, another tech story, and a good tech story, and a good Irish tech story. And that is uh, Firo, uh, one of our favorite companies at the moment, which is ESB and Vodafone, are getting together, and they're bringing very, 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 very high-speed internet to certain towns around the country. Um 
I was talking to a friend of mine and I was I was saying this. I said, one gigabit speeds at home. It's amazing. And he was going, yeah, yeah, but that's only small towns down the country. <laughs> Which made me laugh. It's not often you'd say that about small towns down the country, but I believe... Yeah, uh, better broadband, so what? Uh. There you go. So listen, but I believe uh, they, they've kind of deliberately started off in a couple of, you know, major towns around the country and just start, instead of starting off in the cities, uh, they're expanding the service, yes? Yeah, well, look, there, there's not one, there's two good broadband stories Brilliant. if you happen to live outside Dublin. Uh, one is by Cyro, which we've, we've uh, sort of alluded to there, and the other is through Enet. Now, bear in mind that these are both kind of wholesale operators, okay? So these are people that are working to bring you the network. It will be up to another company to actually sell you services on it, right? So it's not like UPC own their network and your broadband is with UPC. It's like uh, Cyro own the network. Your broadband could be with, I don't know, maybe Sky will, will buy some space on their network or something mm. like that, right? That's just throwing that out there. So Cyro are uh, connecting um, Ratniska, uh, where the plowing championships are going on at the moment. Um, so they will be getting one gigabit uh, fiber to the home uh, broadband, which is very nice because fiber to the home, as we know, that is literally the little glass cable all the way up into your junction box, as opposed to as far as the telephone exchange box and the rest sort of the last mile being copper fiber being sorry copper wire so that is uh, Ratniska but also RD is getting uh, a broadband network upgrade uh, through Enet and the company offering that service is Ripplecom so if you're an RD and you're a Ripplecom customer you're probably getting their fiber to the business uh broadband which they are offering up to 250 megs per second meanwhile i am on 10 megs per second <laughs> and you are in the heart of dublin city and you're not happy at all are you not particularly no <laughs> well it serves you right if you hadn't gone and won the all-ireland final huh <laughs> <laughs> but it you know, never mind about, you know, Dublin, never mind about it. It's like when, when you start traveling around the world, you begin to realize how good the Internet connectivity is in Ireland. Ireland has got one of the fastest connectivity rates that I've ever come across in the entire you, world. Do you know what? I think part of this is to loop it back to the discussion on the Web Summit. Part of it is that we are a small island nation. It's, it's not that hard to cover us, really. No, it's not. And of course, we're getting all the uh, transatlantic connections in. And of course, we have to have uh, big pipes across to Europe and, 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 and everything. And I think actually, you know, you have to give the people who run this country, and I'm not going to credit the government, all right? Because you, governments come and governments go, uh, and then the civil service stays in there. But all what I'm saying is, like, consistently, if you like, in a trend, like over a 15, 20, 25 year kind of span, right? There are people who like run the country and they think about things like this. One of, one of the things that came up there recently was the, uh, one of the train services. They were talking about not running the Dart Underground in, in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the arguments was, you know, lads, we need to think 30 years ahead. You know, 30 years ago we had blah, now we have this. In 30 years' time, it looks like we're going to have such and such. So we need to do this development now. That was the argument. And mm. I think that the people who run the country were thinking 10, 15, 20 years ago when the internet started, man, this could be good. Uh, we should be right on tech. 
Mm. You know, Apple, let's get them in. Do you know what I mean? They're talking about bringing Facebook in, eBay. All those people are all here. You know, we offer terrific uh, uh, internet uh, uh, infrastructure to go with it. Do you know what I mean? These things don't happen overnight. They don't happen within the lifetime of a single government. So I'm just saying, whoever it is that runs the country... (laughs) <laughs> the permanent government. I feel like one of the characters out of the IT crowd or something like that. <laughs> Just <laughs> referring to them in general. But I think a round of applause then. That's two round of applause this week. The people who run the country and Web Summit. <laughs> well done. Um, that is it for the show for this week. Remember, you can get hourly updates on tech news along with uh, daily newsletters from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online at every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with with RTE Radio 1 Extra. On the website, uh, what kind of stuff we got online this week that we didn't get to cover in the show? Uh, we've got some really cool stuff about Facebook bringing in 360-degree news feeds and a really interesting camera to make it happen. Wow, like it. You get that at techcentral.ie. On to next week on our tech radio show from myself, Dusty, and from Niall. Thanks for listening. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.